1: Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Don't stress. Listen to the podcast at WTIC.com or on the free Odyssey app.
2: Who
3: says don't stress? I think that's always the thing to do. Get stressed, baby. There is so much to stress about. 860-522-9842. It is. It's Monday. We're back from the the weekend. Weekends. I I'm applying for an extension once again because it's just ridiculous how short they are and how quick they go by. But whatever, we are prepared and ready to travail. The big news, of course, is uh, well. There's uh, several big stories, but the big thing is is this Tyree Nichols case and the uh, the what it reveals about government. If you look at the Tyree Nick, don't think police don't think race. Think government. This is government in action. This is what these guys are agents of the government. Now it happens to be in our society that because of the, the construct of public sector unions that were created in order to rig elections and, make it possible for uh, a certain political party to win elections semi-automatically in certain areas. There is, there is a, a reach of government and its distortions into the marketplace of policing. And therefore, policing is distorted. This isn't about police being bad people. It's about having a corrupt system. And what happens when a corrupt system expresses itself out into normal day-to-day life you've got two two issues it, it strikes me one is that there's bad behavior and two is nothing can be done to address bad behavior or bad results or however you want to describe what goes on with uh, everything that government does it makes a mess of everything it makes everything that should work fine it distorts it and makes it terrible. But here we can look and we can see repeated problems. We can see, and this goes on over years, right? But just think about the last couple of years since George Floyd. All the reaction there was to George Floyd, and yet, and and, and all kinds of laws passed all over the country, federally. All sorts of grandstanding all sorts of attention to what needs to be done and what should be fixed, and they never address the one thing that would change this, and that is the collective bargaining agreement that protects police officers so that the bad police officers, whatever percentage they are, we can only guess, I assume it's a small percentage of bad cops. But in a, in a healthy system, they would simply correct and get rid of the bad cops, but they can't. Because the power has been taken out of the hands of our elected, well, no, not taken out of the hands. Our elected representatives have given up the power to control the police. They've done this on purpose and willingly in order to make deals to rig elections. It's as simple as that. This is not a Donald Trump statement. It's not, it's, I'm not jumping on anyone else's bandwagon. I'm, I'm trying to. Figure out as best I can what goes on in America today. And what we know is the most demonic force we face is government. And we can see in this case how government has made a mess of policing. Not bad people, sick system. And certainly there's some bad people in there. But I'm saying the cops, I'm I'm not trying to attack cops. I'm attacking government. And cops would not behave this way if they weren't unable to manage themselves the way they should be allowed to manage themselves because the power has been taken away in order to rig elections. It's as simple as that. Agree or disagree. Or what is your theory of what the case is? To get you introduced, in case you haven't seen the videos... This is ABC News on a couple nights ago describing the release of the
4: videotapes. Good evening again, everyone. We're coming back on here briefly here after what has already been a very difficult day in Memphis. That community and the country is now getting the first look at that disturbing police body camera video of what authorities say is the police beating of Tyree Nichols following a traffic stop near his home 20 days ago. As we've been reporting, he died of his injuries in the hospital three days later. The Nichols family and police have been pleading for peaceful protests while recognizing the anguish and outrage among so many, hoping that preparing the community would in some way help here. The video coming in now, it is very difficult, and we're going to not show very much of this, but this is what our team has been able to screen so far. The first video is of Nichols being pulled into the car.
3: So at this point, if you watch the tapes, what you see is five or six or seven or eight or 20 cops, depending on which time you're looking at it who are capable of running approximately 100 yards before they are debilitated by exhaustion and gasping for air. But to be fair, they've also released a ton of pepper spray at, at a guy who's defenseless sitting on the ground and not uh, putting them in danger in any visible way not threatening them, but they keep spraying pepper spray in his face. And I suppose that they're so ridiculous with the way they release this pepper spray that they uh, put as much of it into themselves as they put into him. But I, from the tapes that there are, and I'm sure it's not a complete picture, but you watch these endless tapes and you can't see any reason that they're spraying pepper spray. It, it's mind boggling. Have you seen the tapes? Please, I want to hear your reaction to these.
4: That's the first Again, he was being pulled out of the car, and obviously, I had to bleep some of the audio there. Uh, but that was the moment he got pulled from the car initially after the, the stop. Now, the next video is of Nichols on the ground being pepper sprayed, uh, calling out for his mother. Uh, here it is. Hey. hey! Give me a hand!
2: Give me a, hand. Give me a hand. You
4: might get sprayed again!
5: Hey, my, hey, my hey, bro. Watch out, watch out. Watch
2: out. Watch out. Give me a ring. Mom. Mom. Give me a ring. Hey. Give me a hand. Give me... Okay, all right, all right. Give me right. a fucking hand. Give oh, me, fuck. me a hand. All right. Okay. All
3: right. So this is uh, inexplicable as you watch it. You just you sit there and you wonder. What exactly are they doing? Why are they unable to handcuff a guy? There's endless amounts of cops. They've got him on the ground, and all they, they're screaming at him. He's he's on the ground with four cops got have their hands on him, maybe five. And one of the things that stands out is that somehow they are debilitated, the cops are, by the fact that they have pepper spray and by the fact that they have a taser. It's like uh, we don't have to get our hands dirty here because we can just shoot him with the taser. So they, one of them, stands there shooting him with the taser, and eventually he he gets away. He, you know, he, he while they're tasing him, he's laying on the ground. So you you think he should be incapacitated because there's all these cops with their hands on him. But somehow, in response to being tased, apparently unprovoked. He takes off. How he gets off the ground is testimony to how disconnected the cops are. Like, they don't want to get their hands dirty. It's bizarre. It's kind of like that effect with football. You know how they say that um, that it makes the, more, the game more dangerous because they have helmets? Because it allows them to run at higher speeds and slam into each other and sometimes not get hurt, but sometimes get hurt really badly. And And there seems to be... A problem here that the police have so much force. They have such an advantage in power that they're uh, seemingly unwilling to use it in any legitimate way. Where if you imagine, what if the cops were young and in shape and could run 100 yards without being totally exhausted? Wouldn't it be different in that case? And wouldn't they have to be diving on the ground and wrestling the guy down and handcuffing him. Simple. You take him away. But because there's so many of them, because the cops have so many weapons and they have such an advantage, they don't think they should have to do that. Apparently I i could be all wet on this. Let me know if I am, but this is what I thought about while watching. it. It's just a grotesque example of how ugly the government is. Our governments are in this country. And how willing everybody is to allow everything to deteriorate in order that they can stay in power. And that's where we are today, and we're going to have to come to terms with it because we're in a bad state in this country. This is not a racial incident in my mind. This is an incident of abuse of power on the part of the power structure, on the part of the government and the police department and the unions that they've, uh, they've, they've created and given so much power to that the laws don't get changed so we've got to take a break but i just want to plant this thought once again think about how we went through this after george floyd and all the laws that were proposed and all the responses and all the things they were going to do but they never talk about changing the collective bargaining agreement so that cops can be fired when they're terrible and to empower police chiefs to run their police departments instead of just shrugging the shoulders of bad cops, because you have to pay to get rid of a bad cop can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, and so the incentive is not to deal with it. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. We'll take some phone calls coming up. Quick break on
1: WTIC. It's the Todd Feinberg Show live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk ten eighty.
3: Whose voice was that? Who's talking? Eight six zero Let's talk to Don in East Hartford. Hello there, Donald. Hey, Todd. Nice to hear from you on this topic.
6: Yeah, I was just coming home from work and I was listening to you. I had to call. I totally agree with what you just said about um, the, the, the police and the government. And this, the police union is the biggest problem, Todd. The police union, they, they, they cover up for these corrupt cops because, and that is why these guys feel like they're untouchable because they have a strong police union behind them that covers up for them and turn a blind eye to what they're doing. Yeah, know? I would
3: just, I would just uh, point it in a little different direction. I don't think it's so much that the cops feel they can get away with anything. It's that the police chiefs, feel like they can't mold their department to have the best group of people working for them. So when they have a bad cop on the force, they just leave the bad cop on the force because the roadblocks that are built to take the power away from the police chief and put it into the hands of the union and thus the bad cops, that it's not worth fighting. It's an insurmountable force.
6: Yes. Um, one last thing before I go. Um, I was thinking, I don't know if I'm right, but why is it that um, 99% of the times when you see um, cops getting in trouble or uh, uh, cops are not, not acting inappropriately, it's always with minorities. Why don't the, 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 why don't the, the press ever show you when they, when they do that to, to, to white Americans? Why because is the uh exactly because all the,
3: all the all the fire right now Don is connected to uh issues of race, so they the media piles on when they see when they see a repeating story and they get much more mileage and many more clicks and lots more viewers if it's yes, would, a minority
6: you would think that, that, that cops don't abuse white people because you never see it you never see it publicly,
3: yeah, the stats don't bear that out though. Oh, if you okay. if you look at statistics, you'll see that uh, that many more white people are injured by police or shot by police or what have you. I'll, I'll pull those numbers and uh, talk about them when I get a chance. Anything else, Don? No, I'm set. Thank I... you, sir. Good to hear from you. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Mark in West Hartford. Hey, Mark.
7: Hey, Todd. Uh, so one aspect of this incident that I haven't heard discussed in any length is is this guy being under the influence of something. You even hear the cops on the scene saying he must be on something. Now, I witnessed dozens of times uh, males being high on PCP. Mm -hmm. And about half of those occasions, I've seen four or more pretty buff police officers struggle to, to, to take one man down. It's but you, when you
3: watch these tapes, Mark, did you see cops struggling with this guy?
7: I didn't see that. Oh yeah, when 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 somebody's not complying like that, why would you get the average person? And here's the thing: the only thing he uttered was "Mama." Like if you're down on the ground, you would be saying, "Okay, okay, here's my hands." Oh, you're he hurting did say me. that. No, they were I,
3: saying, he, "Get!" They were screaming at him, "Get down on the ground." He says, "I'm on the
7: ground." But, okay, Remember let's that? what I'm bringing up. Do you believe that he was high on something? I have no idea. What what difference is it? you make? know when the toxicology report's going to come out when when this goes to court? That's the way it always works. But why, so does, now, that, know why right does that why does that make a big difference, bl- Mark? Explain why it makes a big oh difference. Oh my god. It, it's the difference between a mildly sedated under alcohol or pot uh complying to orders to not even be able to understand orders when somebody's high on PCP. I can't even I, I can't even describe the ungodly. You mean they're things superhuman? Is that what you're saying? It's not only that they're superhuman; they have a disconnect with all reality. They mm-hmm. don't even know there are cops on them. I mean, you're you're trying to judge that this guy understood police officers were somehow trying to detain him. The guy was so high; he has no idea what reality is. I don't and know. How what's your evidence to that of that? Sentence. What's that? What's your evidence of that? I guess my observation and my experience. If yeah, but I I'm, I'm, be, I'm asking about
3: what particular point, because what I see is them pushing him down on the ground, them holding him down on the ground, them having their hands on him, screaming so, at him, telling him what yep. to do, then um, taking out a taser and tasing him and taking out a... Uh, pepper sprayer and spraying him but i don't see him doing anything that demonstrates resisting arrest until he's just it looks like he must feel like he's being attacked and to save his life he's got to run and for some reason they don't
7: do anything they let him get up and run away i think and that's where you know somebody like me probably sees it different than you but i'll leave you with this yeah every time i saw that the individual Mm -hmm. was high on a really bad drug, usually yep. PCP, and secondly heroin. And any first responder listening to me right now is shaking their head. Yes, we witness well that you, all the time.
3: To, my to so in support of
7: now it, from Myrtle Beach, my brother was a state police officer. He just okay. texted me. He goes, "Bravo." The same thing. He saw it all the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: Yep. It, well, what it
3: supports it is the uh, the story was that he was that Tyree was uh, out taking pictures of the sunset was that i think that was the story and and that he was coming home from having and that kind of goes with drug use i would think
7: that one's that's a little that's a little beyond what i can make a comment on all i could say is and i don't know all these details like that but all i'm concentrating on is what i witnessed there the average person would would give up after a fight you know sometimes you know you lost the fight if he didn't know like enough to like just lay still even if they were at that point, so mad they were beating him. But, um, yeah, it was something I saw, not a lot, but like I said, at least but a couple dozen times it. over a couple of decades I worked in art. Thank Harvard. you yeah, for that, it's, Mark. It's, go on YouTube to watch it. Any of those that have never witnessed it before. What should we go search? Take a p- oh, um, <laughs> somebody high on PCP. Okay. And maybe, maybe slash cops in there or restraining okay. somebody high on PCP. And you'll see videos just how it's almost impossible without overwhelming them with bodies. And I mean pig piling. I saw one time... with. Right, I'm
3: sorry, I've got, I've got to go, Mark, but okay. you made the point really well. Thank you, I appreciate it. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four.
8: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher Online Shop stage...
1: Oh, come on. Why wait? You can rant right now at 860-751-4698 on the Todd Feinberg Show.
2: Yes,
3: yeah, 751-4698. Lay down a rant or two. Make your opinion on that way. If you can't call in live, we're talking about Tyree Nichols. And more importantly, the structures in our in our government that make it clear that incidents like these first aren't primarily primarily racial there could be racial components but the desire to make them into race incidents is the kidnapping of the story to make it into one that triggers the all the emotions and all of the political advantages and disadvantages connected to race but this is this is demonstrative of the disease of big government and how big government creates corrupt systems and then runs around clouding the issue so that the situation can't be corrected because they have an investment in the sickness that they've created that is at the root of the problem. And that's what's going on here. It's, it's, they've got to fix these collective bargaining agreements and empower police to sculpt their own police departments and create their own culture, based on what they know to be right, not what is necessary today to follow union rules, which is to not fire bad cops. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. That's my take on it. What's yours, Mark in Manchester? Hi. Hello.
5: Yes, Mark. Speak. Okay. Let me make sure you're talking to me. Hey, listen. Yeah, love your show, and I appreciate your take on this but I have to disagree this is race-related and not in the way you may think. This is race-related in the fact that black men are by far the most violent men in this country. Uh, I don't know how it relates worldwide, but by far. And it speaks to that culture of violence. We are not addressing the fact of how violent black men are. And until we make that uncomfortable conversation and well, why it. is it
3: uncomfortable? To me, that's a simple conversation. They live; they, well, they me, are somebody, they are disproportionately populating urban areas where the worst lifestyles and the worst economic opportunities are, and where the most violence is. So, why wouldn't they right. be more violent? But that, I, I that's I, not a racial issue; that's a socioeconomic issue,
5: a cultural issue. But hey, uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe it's not. Well, just because that particular race. Has such a uh, a problem, a demonstrable problem with uh, with violence. Uh, we know that African American men make up six and a half percent of this country. They say they, they, uh, black people make up seventy percent, uh, but most women aren't committing these crimes. So six and a half percent of this country, commits fifty percent of its ho- homicides. That needs to be front page news needs, needs to be addressed daily and we need to do what i i disagree
3: that, that that's racial because you've got to correct it for you've got to weight it based on what proportion of people are living in the different socioeconomic classes there's more crime committed and more violent crime in lower socioeconomic classes so while you're yeah, yeah, on, in okay. raw numbers what you're saying may be true it doesn't mean yeah. That there's something happening with black people other than they, that they have to live in areas controlled by Democrats
5: well, no, I, you know I, I, I confess that and I'll tell you why because Mexicans live in the same area Asians when they first came to the country lived in the same area uh, Hispanics still live in, in the same in, in the same uh, socioeconomic so I, I don't think that's correct at all and they do not commit violent crimes nowhere near the rate of those that black people uh, commit now the, the reasons for this go back, I think, even further, and, and it's, a, it's a multi-hour conversation. But you're wrong. It is racial because Hispanics, Mexicans it, it, uh, live in those areas all the time. And even uh, poor white people live in, uh, there's more poor white people in America than, than, than uh, anybody. Um, and they're still not committing those crimes. You're wrong. It's not a socioeconomic problem. It's a cultural problem. And there may be other uh, other causes. Our, our history of, of what Americans have done to black people, you know all that may be part of it, but you're wrong. Mm-hmm. it is a race, it is a racial issue. That race commits more crimes than any other race, even when those other races are in the same socioeconomic. State.
3: Yeah I, I haven't seen numbers to support that. You could be right, but I haven't seen anyone study and compare how Hispanics but, do living in really the same neighborhoods.
5: To. I don't know that you have to when you wow. have the fact that okay, lucky, so here's one number we both agree on. Black men commit fifty percent of the homicides in the United States. Correct? That's that's a known statistic, a completely known statistic. You don't see a number anywhere near that for Hispanic men, Mexican men, Asian men. Yes, or white men. I w- I so, would have to. I w- I would problem? want
3: to see a study that breaks down. Thank you for the call, Mark. You made a good point, and it's one we can look more into. But I would have to see. First of all, there are cultural dis- differences, as, as you have indicated, so that when you're coming in from another country and the purpose of being here from another country is to uh to get a job make money send money back to mexico say that provides a different kind of uh culture even if you're living in the same neighborhoods so my generalization might be um have a hole poked in it by your argument but i also might poke a hole in your argument by making a point like that it's it's complex but to suggest that black men are somehow inherently more violent i would just reject that out of hand you'd have to uh you'd have to create all kinds of evidence to support that which i don't think exists thank you for the call though Eight six zero we'll go to doc and harwinton next hi doc
2: hey how you doing Hey, uh, the two marks are, are part of the problem. I think the first mark thinks that the police are always right. And I didn't see anything in that video that would have implied that he was high on PCP or anything else. I think that's bunk on his part. And the second I, mark, I
3: didn't either, but I can't claim to be sophisticated about it. But to support our side of it, I think would be that in that video we don't see him being violent. The only really? time he seems to be resisting is when they start tasing him. And you could, yeah. and, but, but also the fact that he could jump up and run away while being tased might indicate that the PCP was at play.
2: Uh, well, adrenaline can do that. Could be. The, sec- the second mark is missing the total point that the inner city people, and I'm not going to go by race, but the inner city people are trapped in the system of welfare. Government has trapped them into an area where they cannot move out, they cannot move up, and for lack of a better term, they're caged. And there's a lot of frustration that comes from that. So the other mark is just he's out there. So like I say, he's just out there.
3: Well, I think there, are, uh, you know, it's, it's less about the people who make the arguments and more about the arguments, Doc. I find, I find all the arguments intriguing. And one's worth looking at. There's no reason to think that there wouldn't be socioeconomic differences that uh, apply differently to different cultures. As I said, you know, uh, Mexicans coming to this country to work, I think, are different than ones who have been in this country for generations, but have, as you indicate, have been living in impoverished areas for a long time. There's different cultures coming to the same problem but you still have an issue where I think what you could demonstrate is that there's disproportionate crime in poor areas and while there might be differences I don't think they're indicating that there's something wrong with certain groups of people rather than there's all kinds of wrongs in these areas where people are trapped in permanent poverty Jim's calling from the car you're next Jim on WTIC
0: good afternoon. I just want to preface this uh, conversation is because uh, I have had these discussions with police officers and my son is a police officer in a large city in Connecticut. So we've talked about instances like this. Now, your previous callers, um, one of them is correct. Uh, If a a suspect is on PCP, yes, he is uh, an in-shape cop, many cops, it is very tough to bring that person down because number one, uh, he is so high, he cannot feel pain, Um, he doesn't understand pain, Um, and he does have strength, if you want to call it superhuman strength. It is very tough to get get a suspect down like that. But this instance which which we saw, which I saw, and you saw also, I did not have any indication he was on any kind of drug at all. Um, But when you think about this, there are bad cops, and I think this is an it's, it's a bad cop, bad cops, and just like there's bad doctors, and bad lawyers, and bad electricians, etc. So the thing is, you have a situation, and in in this video doesn't show the stop. It shows them taking him out of the car
2: mm-hmm. on the
0: ground and trying to subdue him. Now, what I saw was he was complying, but the cops were not giving him enough time to. Do the directions that they were being that he was being told. Yeah, the they joke. weren't
3: acknowledging what was actually going on with him on the ground.
0: Correct. And the thing is, and I've, I've, again, I've had many discussions with my son about instances just like this. And again, the heat of the moment, the adrenaline, what's going on. I don't know what set this thing off, and that doesn't matter. In my mind, that doesn't matter, because a cop, police officer, is supposed to apprehend and subdue, and that's it. Okay. And I don't think this particular person, as I watched this video, he was, he had a cop on his legs, holding his legs down. He was turned. One half, one of them had a handcuff or he was holding his wrist behind him. His other, other hand was up extended above his head. Okay. Lay on the ground. He was on the ground. But if you're trying to turn, how could he turn over to get his other hand back around his back? I don't know, but you had enough police officers there to sub- subdue him. And to me, that's what the cops are supposed to do: subdue him the best they can, and tasing him, macing him at that point was just over the top. And I think they could have de-escalated the situation. And that's just as important for the cops to do is de-escalate a situation to his best of his ability and not escalate to where where it came out. What happened?
3: Yeah, nicely oh. explained, Jim. I, I, you know, that, that's basically what I saw too. However, we have to stipulate there could be some tape that we haven't seen where he did something to provoke yes. them more, where he was violent in yes. response. But in that section of tape where he's being held down on the ground by four or five guys and they're, uh, they start to tase him and they start to spray him with pepper spray, there he's under control. And the problem, yes. the problem seems to arise because they have these weapons they want to use against him instead of actually <laughs> subduing him and getting him into cuffs.
0: I, I think yeah, you're absolutely correct. And I'm going to give you another example. My son does not carry a baton, and that's part of his equipment. But he will not carry a uh, baton because the visual of that, because, you know, there's phones everywhere and everybody's access, and like, the visual of that, of a cop hitting somebody <laughs> with a baton, yeah. even though it might be necessary to seduce somebody, he can't do it because he'll be crucified for that. Right? Okay. Um, I mean, being a being a cop, you're you're, you're, you're being watched constantly, and you have your, your the rules that people are putting upon you. They're not the same rules that every real And... They're on they're, they're a fine line right now, whether you're going to do your job or you're not going to do your job. Uh, the cops making these decisions split secondly, and it, it's tough. It's very tough. Um, I think, you know, when we grow up, I'm an older fella. When we grow up, my parents used to tell us, to respect the cops, listen to the cops. If you're in trouble, you go to a cop. He's more than willing to help you. Sure. And I'm going to tell you, I, I think these guys... Again, they didn't go out there and say, I'm going to go beat up somebody tonight. They didn't. Something happened
3: and something set them off. No, yes. but they, they were in a special unit, and it could be that that special unit is accustomed yep. to uh, having yep. the right to go rogue if they
1: want to. Thank
3: you, Jim, for the call. We've got to get to a break. We'll take more calls coming up on
1: WTIC. Now back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC, News Talk 1080.
3: We're talking about Tyree Nichols, his arrest, his death, the behavior of the cops, the rigged system, and why cops are allowed to behave like that. Why why do we see them ever behave like that? It's because they feel like they, well, not they feel like because that's how they behave. They're accustomed to behaving like that, and they don't face negative repercussions the vast majority of the times, or they wouldn't behave like that if they were nervous. Or, the weight of expectations requires that they behave like the senior guy with them behaves. Is that a possibility? Frank in Bristol, hi. Yes, Frank. Talk to me, Frank. All right, Frank is confused. Let's try Lebowitz. Hello, Lebo. Hello, Todd.
9: You know, I don't get angry very often, but you had a guy a few callers ago that really pissed me off. What did he say? Well, the thing is this. I'm all for having a discussion about the culture of inner-city black America. That's fine. But why not discuss the culture in the police departments that lead police to get away with stuff like this? Why is it when this type of thing happens, you inevitably have some guy calls and says, yeah, but what about the black people and their violence? And why don't they just not get in trouble to begin with? That's a good point, yeah. None of that justifies five police officers beating a man to death. It's absolutely absurd that that guy thought that that was a valid point. I just, I can't wrap my head around that. I keep hearing that type of response to these things.
3: Well, it's, uh, I think it's a it's a habit and it's a lazy way to respond. And mostly people respond to these kinds of situations with comments they've made before and outlooks that they they traditionally make even without thinking about how this situation might require a slightly different response. It's very unusual to see so much police power fail so completely in dealing with what was really a simple situation. And the guy, Tyree, did not appear to be a threat to them, did not appear to be dangerous. It it looks like it would have been fine if they just let him go home and walk away. Why did they have to chase him? Why did they have to catch him? Why did they have to beat him up? Why did they have to sit there and do nothing, stand there and do nothing for 20 minutes while he died? What was going on with all this?
9: Well, I think for starters, I think you're absolutely right about the collective bargaining and the unions that protect these guys. But there's also something else that I don't know if it's true, but I, I read it from what I think to be a reliable source. But maybe you have a caller. Someone can inform us. But I guess that these, these special ops units like the Scorpion unit that was involved there, from what I understand, they have very little supervision
7: yes. when
9: they're injected into these neighborhoods. And if that's the case, that would be a disaster. So I think that maybe we need to look into that. I'd like for someone to call. Maybe they'll know more about it than what I know.
3: No, I think that's, um, I mean, that is what they're writing about this unit. And it does make it all the more fascinating because, you know, who would run a business this way when you're in the business of violence and the management isn't going to bother to go to the scene of violence because uh, what? They're too busy, they're too lazy what is the protocol that would not that that would allow the these legions of police to be trying to subdue and and, and take in a uh, a suspect and and kill him with no senior official on the scene to call it quits thank you mike for the call 860 9842 We're going to get a traffic update. We'll take some more phone calls after news. We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher, hello there.